Good evening. I felt it's so great to be with you again. Uh, yesterday we were speaking about discipleship. Today we want to speak about prayer and the power of praying together. And there are a few principles that we just want to highlight uh, in prayer. But before we do that, let us just pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can pray today. Father, thank you that the Bible tells us, Lord, that even as we as we pray, Lord, that you tune your ears, Lord, you bow down to listen, Lord. Not in bowing down, but stoop down to listen intently. That's what the Bible tells us, Lord. And, and Father, thank you for that. Thank you for this time that we can speak about prayer. Lord, that is the, the great opportunity that you gave us, Lord, to communicate to you. And Lord, thank you for that a wonderful opportunity that we have. As we, as we speak about praying today, Lord, Thank you that, that you would just open up our hearts, Lord. And Lord, you answer also as we pray. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Family, we just did Awesome God. And during our service or our series of Awesome God, uh, we were speaking about uh, you know, Jacob. And, and one of our uh, topics was just about Jacob and how God touched Jacob's lives, uh, the life of Jacob, and then also part of his inheritance as well but i want to pick up today and there are three things that we just want to highlight this morning mm -hmm. before we speak about uh, a few principles principles about praying together and the great opportunity that we have just to be together in prayer now jacob you know when we pick up there in genesis 32 that is of course the last thing you know the last encounter that he had the second last encounter that he had there with god and, you know, that day there, God changed his name. And we want to see the influence that that had, not just in his life there, but also in the generations to come after him. Uh, it says to us there, you know, in, in Genesis 32, uh, and Jacob was left alone. You know, sometimes we have to be alone with God. We have to choose our times to be alone with God. Jacob was facing some difficulty, and now the only one left with him is God. A man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go. Uh, the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Now that is like, you know, just uh, pointing back to if we know the history of Jacob, Jacob the liar, Jacob the person, you know, that were, that were really just, he was the hill grabber. That was his past, but it's as if God has dealt now with his past. Jacob has wrestled. And, and for me, you know, that, that wrestling is not so much, you know, like a physical wrestle, but he was wrestling with God in prayer, you know, that night. Uh, and then he said, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. As if the Lord would say to him, Jacob, your past is gone. Now listen what the Lord would say to him. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. That's a beautiful word, you know, that prevailing. That means that you have not given up. Uh, you've prayed, you've struggled. But, you know, you have not given up. And then, of course, Jacob names the place Peniel. Now listen to what, what it says there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God 
face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel. Now, he says here to us, you know, that he has seen God face to face. In Jacob's struggle in prayer, he came to the point where, you know, that he, he saw God. In other words, he saw God for who he is. He saw, you know, the character of God there. And the Bible says to us here that yet my life has been delivered. For the first time, Jacob now really saw the plan that God has got for him. And there's nations attached to this. You know, the inheritance of his father, Abram, Isaac, and now Jacob. He saw that. Now, in that prayer, the Bible, you know, and then he says, you know, the sun rose upon him. Have you ever woke up in the morning and you walk out, you, you know, you walk out. It's a beautiful sunrise, that crisp morning. And you feel like, you know, today is the first day for the rest of my life. Today is just different. Now, as we wrestle, you know, with the Lord and we get that answer from the Lord, you know, whatever, yes or no, you know, for us just to just to, to get it from the Lord, it's like, like, like that fresh morning sun breaking on us. Then, of course, we can go to the book of Daniel. So the first one, we wrestle with God, but, you know, we wrestle with God and we see God face to face and, and we get that answer from God and, and our lives are perspective of life has been changed when we wrestle with God. The second one is the story of Daniel. We know that in Daniel 10, very, very, very quickly, just the fact that, you know, he was also on a 20 day, 21 day fast. He was fasting for Israel. And then, you know, well, uh, he's praying and the answer is not coming through. But in Daniel 10, verse 11 and 12, the Bible says to us there, and then he said to me, now God sent an, an angel to Daniel and this angel is now appearing to Daniel. And this is the words that the angel will say to Daniel. Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Understand the words that I speak to you. And verse 12 says, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words has been heard. Second point here. He says, you know, we are loved. No matter the circumstance that you find yourself in, you know, when have I prayed for, for many things in our lives? And, and, you know, we'll share just maybe a few examples there. But what we knew is, you know, I, I'll stand before God. Daniel, you are loved. And you can put your name in there. Loved by God. No matter what the circumstance will be, loved by God. But the second thing he says to Daniel, from the first day that you prayed, your prayer was, prayer was heard. Now, of course, we know, you know, that the angel that was coming to, 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 to Daniel was prevented by the prince of Persia, uh, you know, a demonic force. And then Kay, uh, Michael came and helped him. And as they fought against that prevailing force, you know, they eventually got to Daniel. But for us, you know, there's something in there as well. Again, we heard that, you know, Jacob prevailed. Yeah, Daniel prevailed. But these two angels, they also prevailed so that they can bring the answer. So here we see a trend here, you know, that there's prevailing prayer. You know, what if Jacob gave up? What if Daniel gave up and say, oh Lord, you know, you're not hearing my prayer. No, Daniel carried on because he says, Daniel, you loved. And then, of course, you know, from the first day, your prayer was heard. But Paul writes to us in the book of Ephesians, and he says to us, that, you know, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. 
Now, Jacob struggled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul tells us, yeah, you know, that our, our prayer, you know, when we are there struggling, you know, before the Lord to get this answer uh, in the difficulty that we have. Our struggle is, not, struggle is not against flesh and blood. Let's read that. Ephesians 6 verse 12. He says to us, For we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present uh, uh, darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. You see, you know, the answer to prayer, you know, it, it doesn't come cheap. You know, sometimes we pray and the Lord answers us uh, very quickly. <clears throat> the other morning, uh, Wednesday and I, or the evening, we were praying. We were looking for, uh, you know, somebody to rent a house again because the renter was going out. And we prayed that night. Then we prayed together and said, Lord, you know, won't you please just give us such a good person that can rent a house because this person is really, you know, is taking care of our house. The next morning, 7 o'clock, here comes a, a message through. Harry, please, can we rent your house again for another year? I mean, that was so easy. I just mm. prayed, slept. The next morning, God gave an answer. I wish that all our answers, <laughs> uh, you know, prayer answers could That's be so like easy. that. But it is not always like that. You know, there are difficulties in our lives and we know, you know, what we can pray for because we know our God. But it is a struggle. You know, in our lives, and when, uh, maybe you can maybe just share one or two examples, you know, that we were trusting God for as, as a family. But the great privilege that we have is, again, you know, we know that we were loved. We know who our God is, and therefore we can go to Him. Yes, well, if I just think about um, putting our faith and trust towards who God is, it does start off where God acknowledges us and we acknowledge Him. And that is where our journey actually started. You know, if I, I could spend the whole evening yeah, just sharing our stories, there's so many stories, but where our story started was um, in 19. 1991 when God called us to go full-time into the mission field and we were still expecting our twins we weren't sure what that life was looking like and we were living in Moy River those years but when the Lord called us that night it was September 1991 in Moy River we put our hands up and we said Jesus we're willing to go we're just teachers you know we're not missionaries but we said wherever and in the meantime, time went by. Our sons were born in 1992. And in 1993, the Lord said, okay, it's Botswana. And we thought, Botswana, Lord how do we get there? But because God heard us, we, we cried out to the Lord and said, we are willing, just use us. How it looks, we're not sure. And um, uh, it was a difficult uh, step of faith because we had just bought a home and we were excited about our new home we just had our twin boys and now the lord says sell everything and go to botswana well i i wish you, i had a picture of the day we arrived at botswana lobati border post on the first of january 1994 we had this old land rover with a little dog 20 month old twins and a, a cane lounge suite on top of our roof rack and we said we're coming for a holiday because we, heard, we were uh, given teaching posts but we didn't have our residence permit so yeah we enter Botswana in that state and we just took that step of faith and we entered Botswana and in that time there was ch challenges you know can you remember love we, mm. we didn't get our residence permit for almost four months and you only get 90 days in a year to be in the country but God's favor was upon our lives. We pursued it. We trusted Him. We prayed into it. And God's faithfulness was always, always there for us. And then time went on and we started being part of work to Africa with Len van Onselen and Iona. And we started just 
ministering as we had school holidays. But deep down in our hearts, we knew God called us for the mission field, but we weren't sure exactly what it looks like. But what we did was we faithfully served a sovereign God. We faithfully committed Jesus, we are going to do this for you because we knew there was this calling in our heart and there was this passion driving us. And um, uh, in um, about three years later, Harry left and he went full time into the mission field and I was teaching. And we both just loved the mission field. We loved going out. But being a teacher, there was a commitment of being at school and um, Harry going into the field. And there was the struggle. And the struggle we had was Harry goes I stay, how does this work? And Love Southern Africa had a mission conference in Kimberley in the July, and we went camping in Kimberley in the middle of July. You can imagine how we froze in that little tent. But we did it, and the first night, um, Don, what's his name? Scott Wesley Brown was singing, and there was a preacher from, from America that shared, and he spoke about the mission field, serving in the mission field. Now, we were serving, but perhaps the way we thought was a good way of serving. And that night, the Lord came through and he said, Wayne, it's all of this. You're going to give up your teaching and you're going to come and serve with Harry. And I didn't even tell Harry. Harry just said, he just saw me walking down this aisle, going to the front for prayer. And he thought, well, there goes our house. There goes our medical aid. There goes our finances every month. But I knew that I knew that I heard the voice of God because we've been praying and yeah, God comes again with a huge, huge, um, 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 just a, a question in our lives. Are you willing to give this up? He already asked us in Moy River. So I often find that the, the track record of God is how he grows us to the next level. And it's not always easy, but that's how the Lord works. So we were able to say yes in 1993. And yeah, in 1997, God asks me again. And I was able to say yes, but it's nothing of Wendy, but it's what God had started because there's a bigger picture. There's people's lives at stake. There's a nation at stake and not just Botswana, but we believed the nations of Africa. And then... Um, a year later, I'd stopped teaching and I was homeschooling my boys. And then a year later, Harry asked me the question. And he said, Wayne, what if we go and live, say, in the village of Kodwani? Well, a few of you have been into Botswana. If you have seen what the villages look like, there's nothing. And I first thought, no, Lord, I can't go live there. My boys are little. They need to be in a school. It's impossible. There's no electricity. There's no running water. I love it. I don't think the Lord wants us there. And I really had a struggle, just like Jacob had the struggle. And, and Harry was just so full of grace in that time for six weeks. He didn't ever tell me when we have to go. He never said, come, come, we have to make a decision. But the secret that I want to encourage you young people with this evening is I spent time before the Lord. I went into that secret place and I wept before the Lord. And I said, Lord Jesus, if my faith is so small, if it means you have to write on a piece of paper when you need to go to Kodwani, then I will do it. And the faithfulness of God came through six weeks later. And the voice, as clear as I'm speaking today, the Lord called me and he said, when? You always say you are willing. You are willing to give your hands and your feet. You sing songs about the nations. And the other Lord says to me, are you willing? And if you're not, I will use the next person that passes me. And you know, I knew that I knew 
that I was called for Code One. And I went to Harry and I said, love, I'm ready. We can go. And it was so wonderful because it was my conviction. It wasn't Harry or another person telling me that I need to go to Code One. But it's what God did. But the secret was, was that wrestling with God, prevailing, persevering in His presence, praying it through and allowing God to come and touch my heart. Because the bigger picture was the nations. And a year later, exactly one year later, we moved into Kodwani with a caravan, our six-year-old boys. And um, yeah, and it's been the most incredible journey of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wins, if I can ask you mm-hmm. like this, you know, so, so now we made the decision. Uh, but it has been, it's been a series of, of decisions that we have made. Yes. And I must say, you know, the, the wonderful thing was mm-hmm. the fact that you know, that we could have prayed this together. Um, the great, wonderful thing that we see now, I'll get back to the question now, is, uh, you know, there we didn't have exactly the spiritual family around us. Uh, much of the time, it was just Wendy, myself, okay, the boys were very small, uh, the Bible and the Holy Spirit, you know, <laughs> that's all we had. The only thing that we can go to, you know, is God's Word. So now, you know, we read God's word and, and we were so dependent on hearing his voice. So, but it didn't start off like that no. right in the beginning. I think, you know, there were steps. So what, uh, what was it that actually made us or even you decide, well, Lord, even as we pray together, what is it that, you know, that we can stand upon while we were praying together? I think the greatest thing that we could stand upon in um, in that time of our lives was the um, the word that the the word is living. The word living is the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. and and at times you know it might sound so Christian like you know God's word, but friends, let me tell you, it was God's word, that living, active word that we would apply into every difficulty. It's like, it's like keys. God's word is like keys. So we would, we would stand on the word. And when God revealed it, we would take that word and we'll taste it in the difficulty. And when, whenever we put that word into that difficulty, like a key opening up, the truth always came back. Mm. It was about nations. It's about souls. There's a bigger picture than just Harry and Wendy. And that, that was like what kept us every day. It still keeps us today because it's bigger than us. It's God's word and it's God's truth that keeps us. It's our faith towards the sovereign God. Mm. And um, yeah, that mm. was really, yeah. that was my anchor and it's still my anchor today. Yeah. I think another, another thing, you know, that was also so prevalent for us is the fact that yeah, we had a track record from mm, God. Yes. So in the beginning, you know, we trusted God for things. And, uh, you know, I won't call them small things, but these were small steps of faith. Yes. So that, you know, we take the small steps of faith and we pray it through and whatever God's answer is, you know, he's a faithful God, just like he tells to Daniel, Daniel, you are loved. We felt that. And then, you know, we would, whatever God would tell us to do, we faithfully did it. We applied it. Uh, But we had a track record of a faithful God. And whenever the most difficulty came, you know, once Wentz, uh, you know, we were we, at one stage, we were riding a bit of bicycle and Wentz fell, uh, broke her clavicle, uh, you know, big story. She had it fixed, but then she had a, a DVT uh, in her leg. Uh, we rushed her to a hospital. And even during that, you know, the doctor said to us, you know, we would know in 48 hours if Wendy would live or not. So now she's lying there. You know, on the on the hospital bed, 
Now, what do you do? You know, the only thing that you can do is, you know, run to, you know, like Gwen said, that secret place. We can only go to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, we have these promises you gave us and you're a faithful God. So, Lord, because of these faithful promises, we can stand upon. So now we are praying and we say, and we call those promises, the Bible says, into being mm. and said, Lord, this is what the doctor says. But your word say, but how, how is it possible that we could have done it? Because, you know, just like Jacob wrestled mm. and he, say, he said, I saw God face to face. Just like Daniel, Daniel knew his God. Paul knew his God. Wrestling with God. We had a track record of a faithful God. But imagine now, you know, that we, that we gave up every now and again, you know, when we just started praying. We would never have seen God that is just so faithfully coming through. There were times that, that Wens would, you know, she Wens a prayer warrior, you know, that when we pray, then she'll say, come on, lovey, you know, let us just stick it through. And, you know, I was probably low in my faith, but the great thing of praying together, seeing God's word together, we can encourage one another. And, and that is a, it's such a, a great encouragement to us. But the greatest encouragement, of course, you know, is having the track record of a faithful God. Now, these three instances there, Jacob wrestled with, with, with God. He saw God face to face. Daniel, loved by God, but he said, you know, from the first day, you know, your prayer was heard. You know, that is the promise that we have from God. And then, you know, the fact that we know that there is a real enemy. There's a real enemy that would want you to question God. Now, when, God, when, uh, when the devil came to Eve in the book of Genesis, what did he say? Did God say? In other words, doubt. The opposite of our faith that we have in God is, of course, doubt. And the only thing that the devil would want to do is doubt your faithful God. No, the character of God is faithful mm. in difficulty and in yes. good times. And I must say, you know, that no is also an answer. Mm. Faithful God can sometimes say, will sometimes say to us, yeah. no, mm. just no or, or not now. That's also an answer. And then to submit unto the Lord and to say, Lord, thank you that your no is, is you know, it's like uh, rescuing us from, from sure trouble <laughs> or, you know, yeah. just not now, you know. And when the time comes, it is a good time. When the devil came to Jesus, he said to Jesus, if you are, doubt again. Mm -hmm. So do not doubt yes. your heavenly father. But how would you know unless you spend time just like Jacob, Time face to face with him, Daniel face to face with him, and the time that Paul has got. I want us to, yeah. Yes, I just want to just, um, as we're drawing close to an end, just yeah. want to encourage you with the word. You know, in the book of Lamentations, it is a difficult book because Jeremiah, is, it's, it's really been difficult for the nation of Israel. And there's Lamentations, and we don't want to go to Lamentations because it's heavy. But in this heaviness, there's a moment where Jeremiah is reminded of a faithful God and what God can do amidst the storm. And it's he, he gets there in chapter 3, verse 27, he says, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Jeremiah remembered the goodness and the faithfulness of God in this destruction, in this very difficult time. For a moment, he stopped, because sometimes we think as we pray and there's no hope. But it's like the Lord said, Jeremiah, 
And he remembered what God had done for him. And here he reminds it here in verse 27. And he goes on and he says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. He's reminded of those mercies. And that's our lives. Mm. Every one of us, you young people, you are trusting God. And in that difficulty right now, you're thinking there's no hope. But Jeremiah sees the hope in that very difficult time. And then he says in verse 24, he says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in the Lord. And the question we can ask ourselves, is Jesus enough? Yes. Because yeah, that where he says, the Lord is my portion. And Harry, you and I can say it. And it's not just because of always the good times in our difficult times. Mm. I can say with a declaration today, mm. Jesus is enough. And that keeps me pressing on every day that Jesus is enough. It doesn't matter what it looks like, where I'm going, but can I trust this incredible God of hope, just like Jeremiah did. And then there's three secret points that he has. And he says here in verse 25, he says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. So we need to wait on the Lord. And what does that wait looks, look like? He says, to the soul who seeks him. So we need to wait for him. We need to seek him. And then the third one says, verse 28 says, let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. So what, what are the three things we take in here? We need to wait on the Lord. We need to seek on the Lord and we need to be alone in silence. And that's our prayer life in the presence of the Father, in the Holy of Holies. Mm doing exactly this so that you will discover that calling and that purpose and the incredible plan that God has got for your life, mm. not just for your lives, guys and girls. It's also for the nations that's lying yes. ahead. Mm. Yeah, I want to just, uh, you know, concur about that is, you know, when we look at the life of Jacob, nations attached. From that moment on, you know, Jacob, what is your name? Jacob. Mm. And the Lord says, no, now your name is Israel, you know, the father of nations. And, and Jacob's life for that moment on was lived uh, in that promise, knowing that God has answered his prayer, number one. But number two, there's a legacy that comes with that as well. The same with Daniel. If we see the outflow of Daniel's life, we read today the New Testament and, you know, the life of Paul. And imagine how many people, you know, is there in heaven today because of uh, from Paul on the generations that were touched as well. So as we pray together, as we seek God's face together, mm. know that, you know, you are loved. Mm. God hears your prayers, but it's not just for you. You know, we pray for our lives to be a living testimony or a mirror image of what God would want to do here on earth. But it's always attached to people. Yes. Now, sometimes we pray, you know, and we say, well, Lord, you know, make me that, that testimony. You know, make me a living testimony. Make me the light. And it's not always like, you know, for us, God called us to, to Botswana. And, and that, was, that was our lives. But, but maybe God, just, God is just calling you just across the street. Maybe God is just calling you just across uh, the, you know, your, your, your work desk or, you know, your neighbor, something like that. And you've been crying out, oh, Lord, you know, help, my help me for my life to be count for all eternity. And, and the Lord says, well, then just go. In our lives, you know, we had to, it was first step, small steps of obedience, but then as we were willing and obedient in the small steps of obedience, God stretched our faith. God stretched our faith. But we were willing to say yes, yes. But what was the foundation of that? It is our time that we spent 
together with God. So in closing, you know, the, what, what Wen said to us there, you know, for those who wait on Him. And then he also said, for those who seek Him. And then, of course, sit alone. Now, that sitting alone means that we spend our time. Just like Jacob said, I saw God, uh, you know, I saw God face to face. Then also, you know, Daniel had the touch from God. Mm. In the same way, won't you go and earnestly seek what God has got for you? But that is in that sitting alone, praying together. There's alone time prayer. There's, you know, there's, there's say, for instance, husband and wife or, you know, family prayer. And there's mm. corporate prayer. But that corporate prayer, you know, the power from that mm. comes from the time where we sit alone with the Lord and, and our Heavenly Father. And we hear from Him and our, our lives will flow from there. And there's an eternal outplay in the lives of people. Imagine we come to heaven mm. and, you know, there are people that we meet there and say, you know, thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. Thank you, you know, for going on missions, getting you. into the nations. <laughs> but yeah. that is birthed in yeah, prayer. That is birthed in prayer. Yeah. So that's our encouragement for you today. You know, let us pray but let us not just pray, let us spend our time with the Lord and ask Him, Lord, give me a life that would matter for all eternity. And of course, you know, the, the cradle of that is the time that we spent before our Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. Friends, um, yeah, this has been such a privilege to be here and just share this, this journey of my life and Harry's life together. But what I really, really want to encourage you, you know, there's so many stories that people can tell you and wow, that's Wendy and Harry's story, but you have a story. And, and I want to encourage you that the story of yours will, will keep you persevering, keep you, um, um, determined mm. to get to where God has called you. And you know what? It's going to cost you, but that cost is worth it. I want to really just encourage you there. The stories of our lives, we could sit here the whole night, cost us many times, but it was worth it. It was worth every moment. Mm. And I'll never change it. I'll never go back and say, if only that. And, and there are moments that I was weeping before the Lord, but Jesus the cost of following Jesus was worth it. Mm. I persevered. It was worth giving up. You know, I had a passion as a young girl teaching that my passion was to become a head of department and to get into a school and start my own school. That was such a passion. But you know what? I was willing to count that cost and say, Jesus, you are worth more. And the most incredible thing is giving up teaching after 10 years teaching. I've become richer in, in knowing people, in, in what God has done in my life, mm. encouraging me to carry on, to persevere. So friends, don't, don't think, but it's going to cost you. Think bigger than that. There's a, there's a, um, there's an end result. There's passing the baton on to the next generation. Just like people that have gone past us and are in the cloud of witnesses spurring us on that have passed the baton on. Can you be at that place to say, Lord, I will count the cost. I will put it down because this baton that I'm carrying has to go to the mm. next generation. It's a legacy. It's, it needs to be taken to people. And Lord Jesus, if it means I have to, to say no to certain things that, that speak so much about me, then lay it down at the foot of Jesus. Mm. Because friends, I can tell you, you're going to come out so rich with, with the love of Christ, with the love for people, for lost people. And the Lord is such a creative God. Mm. He will use that very passion He's given you so that you can go 
uh, into the next um, step of your life by passing that baton on. So does it cost? It does cost. But you know what? It's worth it. Jesus is worth every moment. And I hope that you'll be encouraged with that.